Left. Right. Tonight's episode, we talk more about AI and we talk about the Trump indictment as we try to stay on top of current topics. Enjoy the episode. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 Oh, Apple. However, it's not going to run on the Mac OS. And, uh, yeah, Mac- which is also an advantage. <laughs> it, like, the Mac OS sucks. <laughs> uh, this, this, look, I've been a PC guy for a long time. we got to get on to our topic today. We're, and we'll, we're, we're yeah. Otherwise, we're going to spend the next hour with me hating on Apple. Uh, well, we, you know, the viewership, uh, all of our viewer, uh, is aware that how much <laughs> you get stuck in your ways and your opinion does not budge. Um, but today we're talking about the Trump indictment, so James will be able to flex his own opinions about how much he hates Trump, and uh, and then I will play the middle ground and devil's advocate. In this case, maybe Trump's advocate, which is basically the same thing. Do the same, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're also going to talk a little bit about the forest fires, and then we're going to follow some chat GPT instructions about really what we should be talking about tonight, which is tech and AI. Hold uh, on, can I start off by derailing the conversation about AI really quick? Well, yeah, sure. If you want to talk about AI right off the bat, be my guest. My it's gal. it's not really about AI directly. It's more about how it's reported on. So, like, whenever you see an article in the news with a headline about AI, very often the uh, the font that they use, the capital I looks the exact same as a lowercase l. So... I've just been reading it as the Al revolution. <laughs> like there's this one guy that's plotting all this shit and working insanely hard in all sorts of different areas. So the question is, would AI read that headline <laughs> as Al? Yeah, if but it doesn't, if it like, that's, that's just what I'm going to start calling it from now on is like, what, which company is investing in Al now? I'm just going to call it Al. Uh, you know, when we were younger, your father made a... Uh, a point about the computer and I mean computer is a word that we use often but we use other words in place of computer pretty often and he and he said computer is akin to uh, automobile right and we say car we say jeep we say suv we say convertible uh vehicle but we never say automobile. And and same thing goes for computer. And the question is, as we have the this new round of language that we use, artificial intelligence, we're already calling it AI. Uh, how is that going to morph over time as well? Like nobody's going to say artificial intelligence in, in 11 years. Well, it's my dad's to- theory, it goes, you're, you're missing the key point of my dad's theory, which is as things become more popular and more commonplace, the words that we use to describe them, shrink in size. So automobile, what? Automobile, that's four syllables, right? What, what he's saying? Car, is, one his, syllable. The point that he was making is you're expending energy on syllables. And I, I, maybe, I, maybe I didn't point that out well enough. You're expending energy on syllables and that we, for whatever reason, tend to, tend to compromise the additional syllables for what's easiest to say. And artificial intelligence is something that we already don't don't use 
However, AI, I think, is maybe a bad... Well, it, it, there's a lot more to it than just calling it AI. Well, I think from a, like a linguistic perspective, if you look at like the reason why you can use shorter words for things that are more commonplace is you like people already have an idea as to what things are. When you say when you say car, people know what that is. But like when when there were no cars and there were just automobiles, like you had to be really specific and like what's a computer? and all that kind of stuff but now that everyone knows what a computer is like you call it a pc so you shave two syllables off speaking of which actually i don't think people call it pc anymore however i'd like to welcome everyone to episode 220 of sip talk my name is justin DiGiulio, out of my basement in new jersey joined by james the bosnator boswell philosopher philanthropist philanderer physician physician's assistant uh, all around great guy out of sunny Charleston, South Carolina. James, how's it hanging down there <laughs> in the dark? <laughs> it was sunny. Um, well, yeah. uh, no, people uh, still call it PC. What else would you call it? It's PC uh, versus Mac, right? Not anymore. PC versus Mac was 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 popular when you had that Justin Long kid or whatever his name was in the in those commercials against kind of the nerd. John Hodgman. John, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, was it Justin Long? I just know it was John Hodgman that was the PC. I liked him better. <laughs> um, but but yeah, there's no there's no Mac versus PC anymore. Actually, a lot of people are uh, their mind is pretty much made up. I've said this a few times over the last couple of months, but my biggest issue with hiring old people. So I uh, you know I've run a real estate office. Now I run a real estate training program in a in within a brokerage. And my biggest issue with hiring old people, which, by the way, I, I love old people. They are much more respected in the industry. The issue is that they can't get things done on the back end. And they can't get things done because they don't know how to use computers. And it's evident for, to me from day one when I, I'm working with an older person or anyone, when I tell them to search, go, to their, go to their Gmail account and they open up a web browser, call it Google Chrome, and they go to www.com google.com all right which by the way you don't even have to type www also most of the time you don't even have to type google you just press G. if you're trying to google you can just type in your search well, immediately if, if it's chrome you can just type your search into that bar that you're typing the web browser in so here's what they do they go to www.google.com but they pressed like this yeah and then and then and then they find that search bar in the center of the screen and they search gmail <laughs> and then they and then they get this Gmail result and they click on the top one and they log in. Uh, and it makes me think of an Onion article. Google, uh, the Onion article was Google launches the Google for older <laughs> for older users. So, so now we're. Which I just use I just call it the Google now because I want to so, be old. So so now you know we're forty five seconds into them logging into their Gmail and of course they don't know the password because everything on their phone is automatic and it just automatically logs in. Uh, and you know, and then it get, we got to reset the password. Now we're two minutes in, and either way, it's I just at a certain point with, with a lot of people, uh, I stand up and say, "Look, I'm here to teach you real estate, but I cannot teach you technology, and technology is a prerequisite. I can't sit here for 17 minutes while you send two emails." Uh, but what I'm running into more often, this is what I've been talking about lately in my office, is that not just old people don't get technology, but also now young people don't understand technology 
And well, for the it, opposite reason. Well, it's no, the, the, the similar reason. It's, it's that they didn't grow up with desktop computers. It's that they grew up with tablets and iPhones. And they, they don't know keyboard shortcuts. They don't know how to go to traditional websites because when you want something done, you click on that app. You don't go to YouTube.com and do a traditional search. You click on the YouTube app. Right? Yeah, like their, their world was formed in firmware mm-hmm. for so, young people. So, yeah, but, but they don't understand how to use a desktop. So when it comes to uh, saving photos and things like that, where you don't have that accessibility on a uh, on a desktop the same way that you do on a phone, it becomes really difficult for them. Also, uh, Kevin weighs it and says Linux is better. Yeah. And to, to Kevin, I say, I don't think so, because for the average user, having to having to manually download drivers for every little thing that you want to do and trying to get them to, to work with Linux. Like if you've got that kind of time on your hands and that's your passion, great. But uh, I I'm, I've never touched Linux and I don't intend to because uh, Linux is the more extreme argument of why windows is better. That's all. It's, you just have more capability and, and, but you have to know more on, on, on the other end. If you're an idiot and you, and, and you don't know stuff, you know, really Mac is best for you. Uh, that so that should just be their tagline. <laughs> if you're an idiot, Mac is best for you. Uh, uh, so look, so let's let's get into it. Today we're going to talk about Trump, the current Trump indictment. Um, I don't know much about this. I've been so here. Here's the way that I look at it: is for the last seven years they've been trying to put Trump, they as in the extreme dem, extreme left-wing Democrats have been trying to put Trump behind bars. The issue is, for the most part, pretty much everything they've thrown at the wall, as far as I was concerned, just they just didn't have, they, they were just trying. They, look, they impeached the guy twice, okay? Well, the thing uh, is, the impeachment is not a trial. It's a political event. Sure. It's, exactly. it's, it's made to look like a trial, but it isn't a trial. Sure, but it all seemed like this kind of smoke and mirrors where they were hoping they could they could present enough enough smoke so people you know would be effectively deceived as far as I'm well, concerned. Well, I mean, I'm not saying, both impeachments didn't do didn't do things wrong, and and I also think that he found a lot of scapegoats and people to take the blame in place of him. But it was that you can't continue to try and try and try and and lose. You know, and be losing one after the other. At a certain point, you just have to, arguably, I think you kind of have to give up. Uh, I mean, the issue is that people think, think America is doomed if Trump continues to run for president. Uh, you, you think that? Uh, I mean, I, look, I think Trump was a terrible president. Um, I think that he was very, he, he, we lost rank, we lost position as a world power while he was in power. Uh, and for a lot of, especially Europe, we became a bit laughable as kind of our politics. Uh, and and not that he didn't have some good ideas or you know, he didn't have good intention. I'm not, I'm not addressing that. What I'm addressing is that the way the rest of the world looked at the country, we, we dropped in rank. Uh, and the issue was while he was president, neighbor versus neighbor hated each other. And what what really what really was the biggest kind of eye opening thing for me was when somebody had an American during the Trump presidency, and actually, thank God, 
it's kind of disappearing now. And, and it's, it's funny, people won't even understand what I'm saying now, but go back five years. When someone had an American flag on their front lawn, it meant they were a Trump supporter five years ago. Now, you follow me? Do you, do you, I mean, it's a little bit different down there in South Carolina, but do you see what I'm, what I'm getting at? Yeah, it, it just it's different down here. But 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 would you agree with me if somebody had an American flag on their front lawn, it meant they were a Trump supporter? More or likely than not. Yeah, more likely than not. Exactly. And it, and it was weird that we would all be Americans, but the people with American flags were Trump supporters. Well, I think that it's a general. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like there there's more signaling between like conservatives signal to each other in more visual and in more overt ways than liberals do. Where, what, what are you talking about? Let me tell you something. If I see somebody walking down the street with a mask around their chin, I know they're liberal as fuck. <laughs> Whether uh, under their chin or under their nose. I don't I, think, I, I don't think that's the case at all. Like if I, I, I don't see people wearing masks all that often in Charleston anymore, but every once in a while, like when I'm in the grocery store, I do. And I just assume that that person is like they probably have are are either sick themselves or have some kind of condition where like getting COVID would be really bad for them, so they're taking precautions. Look, I don't really. I I and that's I was joking about the AIDS thing, but I will I will agree with you when I see somebody wearing a mask. I generally assume this person must be very deathly ill, have an autoimmune disease, or is crazy liberal. And they're using their mask. And, and that's why, again, that's why when I see somebody, and what did I start with? I said underneath their chin or under their nose. When I see oh, somebody walking, I when I see someone walking around with a chin diaper on, actually the first time I heard that phrase, I'd love it. Why you I'm gonna start using it. Why are you wearing a chin diaper? South uh, Park. South Park. When when people have a, a you know a mask under their chin or under their nose, to me that signals you are not deathly afraid of getting whatever's in, in the air. What you're doing is you're wearing a mask either because you need the safety and the security blanketness of it, or you're overtly signaling that you're liberal. That's Although all. right now there's a lot of people wearing masks in New York City. Uh, well, yes, the last two days, I guess we can talk about that now, um, the Canadian wildfires, uh, because Canada is half of Canada's on fire, basically, not half, but it feels like half Canada's on fire. Uh, and, and we have this crazy smog and smoke and, and the whole city has smelled like a bonfire. Less so uh, today, but yesterday was really bad. I'm sure James and everybody else saw some uh, photos and video online about how bad New York City was. You, I mean, in some cases, you couldn't see 200 feet in front of you. The visibility was crazy low. It was orange and yellow. Um, and there were a lot of people wearing masks. I was not a person who wore a mask because I wasn't concerned with, you know, l last Saturday night, I sat down in my base and lit a hookah and smoked a whole hookah by myself. Uh, you know, so like, I can't take, I can't take that and then walk outside on a fucking random Tuesday and be like, oh my God, my lungs, I can't do this. Now, bear in mind, that's me assessing the fact that I just inhaled tobacco smoke for two hours and then go outside and say, now I'm just inhaling pine and, and, and birch smoke from 200 miles away. The issue now, I would probably have a bigger issue if we were three weeks into it and the, and the smoke was still out here. 
right? Because there's that much more exposure. Um, yeah, but you can also look at it as like you've trained your lungs, whereas someone who's never smoked or whatever might find it a little it's bit not, more no, aggravating. It's not training your lungs. To me, it's 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 like risk of cancer. That was my only concern. It wasn't that my lungs. No, I'm just saying, like in terms of breathing in smoke, it's less bothersome for you because you've done it before. Whereas someone who's never smoked, being in a very smoky environment, is ag- like will aggravate their lungs. So, so look, the, and and this goes back to the fucking mask theory. Um, I saw, I've seen a bunch of people with masks. Now, let me tell you something. If I had to rip some asbestos out of the attic or some lead paint uh, or do some shit where I was around some really harsh, serious chemicals, I wouldn't be wearing a cotton cloth mask. Um, I'd be wearing an N95 or uh, a KN95. I, you know, I wouldn't be wearing <laughs> like just basically a stocking over my mouth. Um so, you know, still, I, I see these people outside that are wearing these cotton cloth masks or wearing the surgical masks where it's under their nose. And I just, I, I, you know, I just think to myself, this is, a, these people have no, no understanding. They're just doing to do. They have no understanding, right? They have no real knowledge. It's like when somebody's driving uh, 54 miles an hour in the fast lane. You're like, okay, this person has no idea what they're doing. Or like driving with their emergency lights on in a heavy rain. Yeah, just like why do you have your hazard lights on? Yes, we're all driving the rain. You're just the one distracting us. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But but that's my point: is that driving with your hazard lights on when it's raining is the same as wearing a mask underneath your nose when it's smoky outside. Like you're just it's 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 just retardation. And 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 it's and for for people that are in your camp and in your group, they're going, oh, you're you're, you're good for you looking out for yourself. For literally ninety eight percent of the other population, they're going, this person's an idiot. <laughs> and and it, and it sucks to be an idiot, uh, you know. Luckily, thankfully, most of them aren't aware. Well, that's yeah, ignorance <laughs> is, is bliss in that in that respect. Um, but you know, I, I will say that it did get pretty smoky. Actually, yesterday morning, which was the worst of it, yesterday. Uh, I had, a, I had a meeting and I drove into the city. I left like an hour early and drove into the city. Uh, last time I left an hour early and drove into the city, I was an hour early. This time I left an hour early, drove into the city, and I was 25 minutes late. So I don't understand the the 85-minute discrepancy, but I can tell you I had Were to be- people driving super slow? It had to do with a Lincoln Tunnel. Just just tunnel traffic coming to New York City sometimes would be real bad. So either way, I was crazy late at a 10.30 appointment in the morning, which is not early, but you know, I left an hour early, so I thought I'd be fine. Um, parked in the garage, and I ran to the appointment. And when I was running there, I could re- I, I was I was noticing the breaths that I was taking were like, uh, what's the word? Like it was it was difficult to take these deep breaths. And then when I got to the, it was a, just a coffee meeting. When I got there, and I stepped inside. I, I I stopped a half block before the the cafe, and I walked just to catch my breath. And then as I got into the place, I was off the street. I was listening to myself breathing. And I was like wheezing, and I had like uh, it felt like I was breathing basically sandpaper. And I'm not a smoker. Like I'm not a, a, I'm not a weed smoker. I'm not a cigarette smoker. Uh, you know, I'm not used to that shit going into my lungs. Oh boy. Oh well, yeah. New York City yesterday had the worst air quality index of any place on the planet. Uh, we just got kicked off on TikTok, by the way. I don't know what happened. Maybe uh, probably using the word retardation. Oh yeah. Is that a bad word? Uh, apparently. I mean, if I were to have to place a bet as to why we got kicked off, that would—that's where I'm. Placing. Oh God! Well, we get kicked off at TikTok all the time. I don't understand why this happened. <laughs> we, don't, 
we're, we're not ill-intentioned, you know. We're not we're not we're not you know slapping in the in the face with our language people who are slower have mental disabilities. Um, which, by the way, I don't think we've talked enough about people with mental disabilities from from a couple guys who identify with being on the spectrum. I don't think anybody actually believes that I'm on the spectrum, but. Um, I think a fair bit of people believe I am. Yeah, I think there's no doubt that people believe that you're on the spectrum. By the way, for those of you who are watching us now that TikTok's going on Instagram, may not be a bad idea for you guys to join us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, and you can make comments and we can see them. Unfortunately, if you're on TikTok or Instagram, we can't really see what you're saying because our attention is in the other place. Um, but I, I, I would like to maybe do a... a a podcast with a few people who identify with being on the spectrum a little bit because and it's basically anybody I know <laughs> I'm aware uh, <laughs> but a lot of people like you know I was thinking this today and I, I was giving a I was giving a class this morning and I wanted to explain to people like why I think I'm such a good salesperson and the reason is is that I'm very aware of the language that I use the tonality that I use and I pay very conscious attention to it less so now because I'm so used to it but Point being is that I remember being in high school, walking down the hallways of high school, wondering if I'm walking correctly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I don't think anybody ever thinks, like, am I walking correctly? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but it's just kind of this over-analytical, like, like being in your brain. And I, I, again, I don't think, I think you're maybe a notch or two deeper into the spectrum than I am. But I think that I... I well, let me tell you something. So... Um... My brother um, and I have uh, about a week ago. He's like, "So you you might be mad about this." And I said, "What?" And he's like, "Well, uh, I've been seeing a psychiatrist, and uh, it's looking like I might be I might be getting like an ASD diagnosis." And I know you really had your heart set on getting it first. <laughs> and I just said, uh, "I'm happy to like blaze the trail for you here," but. He talked about taking some different personality tests and like the scores. He's like, "Yeah, I'm scoring for autism on like all of these." So like, he gave me links to a few of them, and I'm like, "All right, I'll take them too." So like, him and I have kind of been like a low key competition. To see who can be more autistic, which in and of itself, yeah, but is I autistic. I had a meeting today with somebody who was an engineer, and. I think it really, you know, just that the mindset of, of how somebody who's on the spectrum, you know, they miss a lot of what kind of normal people see. And they also pick up a lot of stuff that normal people don't see. You have this, it, you know, and then they, and then there's kind of this analytical, I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of what, where that spectrum goes. And it's, it's really interesting. Well, let me I, put it this way, because I've had to describe this to people before, because there's a sensory aspect to it as well. And so, like, with, like, my ex-girlfriend, when we'd be on the phone, sometimes she'd be talking with her AirPods in. And those things have, like, their, their microphones are more sensitive because, like, you're not talking into something that's that far away from your mouth. So, like, they have to, t like, the gain on them is a little bit higher, which means that they're more prone to pick up background noise. Yeah, and so of course. I'd be, 
they have software that's supposed to eliminate the, the background noise. Right, but the software, like, sometimes the software can't tell what it's supposed to be picking up and what it doesn't, so it picks up a lot of background noise. And so there'd be times that I'll be talking to her, and maybe she'd have, like, quiet music on in the background, or maybe she'd be out somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'd be hearing the conversation, I'd be hearing her voice, and then periodically there'd be background noise that would come through, and I was just like, I can't talk to you right now. It's not because I don't want to talk to you. I just can't. And she says, can't you just deal with this? Don't you, like, can't you just talk to me and ignore the background noise? And I said, no. no it, it, your, your brain can't, it, it's, your brain can't comprehend it. It's, it's like a little so information overload. What I tried to explain to her is like, imagine you and I are having a face-to-face conversation and every one to five seconds at random intervals, I lightly poke you in the eye. Not enough to hurt. <laughs> But just, just oh, okay, right, um, and that's what it feel like. That's the it's the auditory like experience of like just being poked in the eye and be like, I, I'm sorry, I got distracted. You poked me in the eye. I get up now, and she wasn't doing it intentionally, but like, like for people that are on the spectrum, those kinds of things that other people can easily ignore and don't bother them are like horrendously bothersome. Um, we got to talk more about the Trump indictment. <laughs> well, so so uh, tell me what he's being indicted for. He is being indicted for violations of the Government Records Act and the Espionage Act. So this is him having classified documents down at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, so people seize on the classified documents aspect of it, which is important. However, the president, not maybe it's the Presidential Records Act. I might be getting that wrong, but basically, being in possession of any government documents, whether they're classified or not, is a crime. Like you're not allowed to take government documents home with you unless you like have been given specific authorization of like, hey, I got to work on this project from home tonight, and then I bring them back tomorrow. But even that would be pretty rare. And when it comes to classified documents. They would just say, no, they, they stay in this room. <laughs> but so the where, yeah, he he had these documents, the National Archives, which is in charge of kind of tracking all the documents mm-hmm. that a president has. Like after Trump left office, the National Archives like we got a long list of documents that like we're supposed to have and don't. And so they contacted Trump and said, hey, we would like these documents back. And Trump dragged his feet and never sent them back. And then the National Archives sent another notice and said, hey, we really need these documents back. So he sent like some of them back and said that he didn't have others. So then they got a war, a search warrant from the FBI to find the documents that the National Archives said were still missing that Trump said he didn't have. And when they searched his property in Florida, lo and behold, there were the documents. So he lied about not having the documents that he wasn't supposed to have in the first place. And he also dragged his feet along the way in terms of like making everybody work to get them. And so one of the things that Trump says is, well, classified documents were found both in Biden's personal residence and also in Mike Pence's personal residence. That is true. Why am I being indicted when those two aren't? And the big difference here is 
for both Pence and Biden when they realized that they had classified documents at their place, the first thing they did was call either the FBI or the National Archives and say, hey, I found this. I want to give it back to you. I don't want this. And like when the government said, hey, we'd like to search your property, both Biden and Pence said, come right in. Um, so, so they cooperated. They cooperated, yeah. I, I, I can't speak to how accurate that is. I, you know, it, I, in, yeah. defense, in defense of Trump, it's my understanding that Pence and Biden also had classified documents uh, in their possession outside That's of true. the House. Uh, but you're telling me that Trump, with his classified documents, basically put up a brick wall and played played some kind of find and seek game. Uh, with yeah, the he, he had his attorneys lie to the government about whether or not he had them. So and, but, but I think the biggest issue was, was is the question that uh, that is this. Did Trump have the Area 51 documents? <laughs> no. Um, I'm just, because I'm, what little we do I'm know... I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, I know. But like, right. what little we do know about the, the, the classified documents is that they were like national defense and like and there were like some intelligence and security documents, but um, yeah, I, I think the, the government's strongest case is going to be on the obstruction of justice aspect of things, because that's the starkest difference between Trump's behavior and Pence and Biden's is as soon as Pence and Biden realized there was a problem, they did everything they could oh, to okay. fix it. Uh, yeah, but look, look. Uh, yeah, that sounds nice that Pence and, and Biden, you know, uh, just said, hey, you know what? Let me bend over you. Come on over and check my uh, my entire uh, estate and see what you find. Uh, and, and we can have you over yesterday. Uh, whereas Trump was like, oh, we don't have him. You have to investigate. You have to get a warrant. Um, I don't necessarily know it went down that way. But I do imagine Trump to put up a bit of a brick wall and be like, no, I don't have shit. Like, you know, if you want it, you got to get a warrant. Well, um, and Trump had the view, and like these are direct words from him. Like he had the view that those documents were his. Well, but also, look, I'm looking up. I'm looking up the information here, and and the FBI searched Biden's house. Uh, it, 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 Biden didn't just say, "Here are the documents; you can have them." There, there was an actual investigation where they searched his estates uh, and came across these documents. Well, he all right, you back he up though. Say, hey, you know what? I put them in the mailbox. You come pick them up there no 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 what happened was like one of like a lawyer for biden found some documents in his house and immediately no notified the national archives and then as soon as that happened the fbi said okay we want to search your house and biden didn't put up a fight against the search fine but you know and, and, and there still was a search and they say there were documents recovered from the search and so you can look at it this so if both biden and pence had them and you can think about it like this, because the, the documents from from Biden were from his time as vice president. That's and so true. if you look at it like and here's where you can draw the line between Biden and Pence is when they were moving out of the White House after their terms ended, they would have had staffers packing up boxes of all sorts of documents. And the staffers might have mixed in some documents that should have been separated out by mistake because the moving process is somewhat hurried. And so 
they might not have even known that they had these documents. And I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to both Pence and Biden. So, uh, all right. So, so Trump's under indictment for this. Yeah, he's going to be arraigned on Tuesday. And we'll know a lot more once the indictment's unsealed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I read an article on like the Drudge Report that if he does, if he does engage in any of these uh, Republican debates, there's a possibility he could be there in an ankle monitor, which I, which I kind of chuckled about. Uh, but but again, this this to me, Trump in himself doesn't seem very presidential. Okay, never did. Now I could see him being like honestly, I could totally see him being like a great Secretary of State or something like just what like the the job is to be diplomatic and likable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because two I think, things he is not, but not not as president, right? Not no 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 no. I'm but talking if, about if, ever. No, but, but you know why? Because he's he's just he you know he was Democrat. Now he's Republican. He's just following the will of the people. Now, if he was Secretary of State, he'd be following the will of the president, right? And Do you really think that Trump's going to follow orders from anybody? No, not now, not now. If we, if we, I'm, not, if we, I'm saying if not we now, reverse, not ever. If we reverse ourselves, uh, seven, twelve, fifteen years, any at any of those points, this guy, I, I feel like, could have been a decent Secretary of State. Why? Because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger effect, right? People are happy to meet him. The right? difference is Arnold Schwarzenegger or, listens. No, but here, here's the issue: when you're less, I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger listens that much. Uh, he just maybe when he was uh, governor, but not, but not uh, like the, the issue is when you meet Arnold Schwarzenegger, you don't want to run into somebody who listens. You want somebody who's got a, a heavy grip handshake, right? You want somebody who's smoking a cigar, driving a Humvee, who's larger than life. When you meet Trump, and and this person's representing America, right? Who's ultra rich? You want somebody who's going to give you the experience. So the issue is, if he has someone else's agenda, the president's agenda, not him, because he's here. But he doesn't have the ability to make anybody's agenda more important than his own. He lacks that characteristic. But that's why I think as a secretary of state, there would have been no opportunity because he would have had to been appointed that position. Right. But what I'm saying is you're asking, you're claiming that he has capabilities that he has repeatedly demonstrated to not have in in his role as president of the no 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 i'm talking about in his role in anything i uh, listen anything before being a president after being a president you name it he's never been able to put anybody above himself exactly exactly right so if you're the secretary of state you have to put the president and the country above yourself he can't fucking do that i still think he would have been a great secretary of state i Um, think you're completely wrong so uh, let's talk about who's running, and, and this is early, who's running for uh, Republican nominee in 2024, because Pence just announced he's yeah. running. Pence. Uh, Chris Christie just announced he's running. Yeah, Chris Christie was just this week. Ron DeSantis. Yeah, DeSantis Tim Scott, Nikki Haley. Inter- yeah, and that's a very interesting lineup. Uh, I didn't know Nikki Haley was, was running. How old is Nikki Haley? Early fifties. Okay, um, the the Pence thing was very new, and he but not surprising. A, I was surprised. I didn't think he 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 wanted really that role. 
I think he just he just did it because you know Trump sold him and he was and he was a pushover. I didn't think he was actually a, you know interested in a leading role. I think you know Trump sold him and he you know it's like when somebody comes to your door and they're like I have these great encyclopedias and you're like oh, okay I don't need encyclopedias but how much are they? But but they put on a good sales pitch and, and they're like yeah it'll just be four payments of two hundred dollars and you're like but it's 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 eleven books and all this shit's on the internet. And, you, and they're like, yeah, but there's, you know, no better opportunity to buy the history than now. And then you're just like, all right, I'll do it. Right. Like the, to me, that that's how easy uh, Pence kind of rolled over when, when Trump addressed him. And, and he spoke a lot to the very religious right wing uh, Christians. So, you know, I think he, he brought a lot of value, but I didn't think that he ever wanted to run the company or company country. Well, that's because Pence it, 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 his affect is just utterly unentertaining and uncharismatic. Like he's been described as as spicy as mayo. <laughs> so and but, equal in complexion. So how do you see? Yeah, he's 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 the palest motherfucker around with uh, yeah. with very very gray hair. Very white. It's hair. like bright white hair. Yeah, it's, it's really, like the whitest person you can possibly imagine. Um, so. So, how, who do you think is going to have a going to stand a chance now? Um, here's what I'm hoping happens. So, I'm looking at the political futures markets right now, and Donald Trump is trading at 52 cents. DeSantis is trading at 32 cents. Tim Scott is at nine cents. Nikki Haley is at six, and Pence is at four. So, you can take those as roughly what the percentage forecast of them like what their forecasted percentage chance to win the nomination is now what i'm hoping happens is trump is convicted on these federal charges and that takes him out of the running entirely because the best thing that can happen for this country is for donald trump to no longer play any role whatsoever in our politics uh but I don't think Donald Trump is going to have as much representation in a voter base as he did uh, in the last year or in the previous in, 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 the, in the previous election or the. the it doesn't election. matter. But it's my thinking is that him being involved could actually ruin the Republican uh, electorate. And, and because he, he has 50 percent of their interest and the other 50 percent of that electorate is start uh, staunchly against him that you're going to end up with 50% of the population coming to vote Democrat and then 25% of the population coming to vote uh, for whatever candidate and then 25% just not coming to vote because they wanted Trump in power. Yeah, uh, the, the, I, I get the whole, like, I'm not, I'm not, the death oh, of the Republican oh. Party angle, but... Uh, but also, I, I, I think our, I think over the last couple of years, the fact that we are pitting neighbor against neighbor... And people hate each. It's crazy that people. So you right. Know, so if you get rid of Trump, you get rid of a lot of that. The vitriol right. and the animus, like between the parties, just, no, goes just, away a little bit. If if Trump, if well, Trump is out, he is. And the, the biggest issue with Trump is that he really drove a wedge in between Americans, and that was my biggest issue with Trump. And, and right. For, so that's but, why I'm saying the best thing is for yeah. him to stop playing a role in politics. And, 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 and the I, best way to do that is for him to be in a federal prison. I don't, can't I don't, fucking tweet. I, I don't necessarily think federal. I think that's a bit extreme. But, but I do that's, think, that's I, what's going to happen if he if he gets convicted in, on these charges from the DOJ. I don't think. Uh, 
Here, I want to hit some comments from Kevin because I agree with most of them. Of course. So your liberal friend is commenting and you agree with your liberal friend. I'm more liberal than he is. Hold off on those for for just a minute. Well, it's about the different candidates. It's not about Trump. Yeah, I want to talk about the different candidates in in just a second. But I, I, you know, we tend to lean a little more liberal in this podcast. You obviously weigh more than me. Um, but I want to make it very clear to anybody who's listening to us is that we're this is an open discussion. So we're, we're open to different opinions. And right now we're talking about how lousy Donald Trump is. We're talking about the other candidates. Uh, uh, we would love your comments, you know, and, and your input rather than just your comments uh, lambasting us over how much you think we're idiots. So if you want to share your opinion, I'd love your comments. Go ahead and read right. and read Kevin's comments. So Kevin Kevin thinks that Nikki Haley is most likely to win the nomination, if not Trump. He says no chance in hell. Hold on. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm just gonna give There's his comments Kevin, first. Does Kevin live in South Carolina? Huh? Does Kevin Look, live in South Carolina? Can I can I just read his comments and then we can then we can go through them? Right. Okay. He says, DeSantis lacks charisma entirely, and Florida is already showing signs of his policies. I want to get back to that because, well, that's correct. It bears more discussion. He says, Tim Scott is black, so the GOP is just not going to back him simply because of that. Christie lost his credibility with Bridgegate, and he says, and Pence, like the diehard Trump supporters, don't like him because they feel like Pence sold Trump out. So I disagree with Kevin about the Tim Scott comment because I actually think that Tim Scott being black in the Republican Party is a huge asset for him because it allows the Republican Party to pretend to not be racist. Say say that again about, about Tim Scott. I think that Tim Scott being black and being in the Republican Party is actually a huge political asset for him because it allows the Republican Party to say we're not racist because we support Tim Scott and he's black. Look, one of the biggest things about liberals that's biting them in the ass over the last few years is that liberals just assume that everybody who is Hispanic or black uh, or non-white is in their is in their camp. But the issue is that the Liberal Party is becoming too liberal and they are losing uh, what's level-headed people. They're losing people who are in the middle, right? Just like the Republican Party is Name something that the, the Liberals have become too liberal on. Um, immigration. I can tell you, you can, you can take almost anybody I know who's Hispanic in New York City, looking at people who are coming in New York City who have... Uh, no visa, no background. They're just coming in trying to gain the system. And all of the people that I know who are Hispanic are saying, you know, my family worked for this. They did this, this, and that. And the people that are coming in here, it's not fair to them. So what's happening is the very liberal aspect of politics in New York City is saying uh, all these people deserve ID cards. They deserve housing. If a landlord asks to see their visa, the landlord should go to jail. Okay, uh, and and you know if that person's deported Middle East, because remember I work in apartments. Uh, if that person's deported Middle East, the landlord should should hold the apartment open to them until they appeal. Given the landlord shouldn't take any rent, and the landlord should hold the apartment open for them until their visa deportation uh, appeal is is finished. These are actual policies that are proposed. 
Yes. And, and, and the thing is, you know, I work with, I mean, you, you see my office, the, the vast majority, I would say my office is 30% and this is my old office, but I would say my new team as well, 30% white, uh, 40% black, uh, 20% Hispanic, and then the rest may be Asian uh, Indian. Uh, so we have a pretty eclectic group of people. Uh, but the issue is that the laws that we're seeing happen in New York City are extremely liberal. And, and I can tell you, you just because you're, uh, just because you're Democrat doesn't mean that all the black and brown people and Asian people are going to be on your side. So, uh, what we're seeing is a lot of black, brown, Asian people become more Republican. Because it just makes more sense given the certain the certain policies. The issue is that we have it, it, the, the issue is you can't go from being Democrat to being Republican un, uh, unless you want to abolish abortion and uh, like you're, you're that extreme. So it's really there's no middle ground. Uh, and and but unfortunately, I think the the liberals just think nobody who's black or brown is going to go that far on the right wing, uh, on that part of the right of things. Uh, but the issue is that they are still stepping right of the center line. And they're going to mm. vote for people. They're going to vote for people like Tim Scott. They're going to vote for people like Nikki Haley. I don't know much about Nikki Haley. I just, I just know, you know, her, her background with, uh, cause I lived in South Carolina for so many years. Yeah. You weren't here. I don't, uh, I think maybe. I Nikki Haley. Boy, well, Nikki Haley was our governor, but I I feel like she became our governor after you moved. Yeah, no, that's why I said pre-Nikki Haley. I don't know anything about Nikki Haley. Um, she was pretty popular in South Carolina. Um, well, Chris Christie was pretty popular in New Jersey. Yeah, the difference is that Nikki Haley never lost her popularity in, in South Carolina. Uh, Chris Christie, um, I'm, I'm surprised that he stuck around as long as he has, but let's talk about Bridgegate. I don't think Chris Christie called somebody and said, hey, let's shut down the George Washington Bridge. I think people in his camp uh, shut down the, the George Washington Bridge to create traffic problems for whoever. Uh, now, I don't think there's no. It's wrong. shutting down like two lanes of it to just make it worse. Yeah, just to make traffic worse, just to tell you know, tell somebody, look, you're not in control. We have some control of this. The issue, and and by the way, look, if 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 you come to New York City, and I'm pissed at you, and I I. I say, you know what, James, meet me at this restaurant at four o'clock and you show up at the restaurant at four o'clock and I say, hi, you know, motherfucker, we're actually 20 blocks south. You went to the wrong place. Jump in a cab on your dime and meet me over here. And you jump in a cab, you pay for the cab and that cab gets hit by a truck. Did I? And, and you die. Did I kill you? Your analogy makes no sense. Here's what happened. And this is why it became such a big issue. Somebody who works for Chris Christie called whoever else and said, let's shut down some lanes on the George Washington Bridge, basically on behalf of Chris Christie. And then there was a lot of traffic. There were some ambulances. Somebody died on the bridge in an ambulance because obviously traffic was backed up. And then it became a much bigger issue and it fell back in Chris Christie. And they called it Bridgegate and it was on Chris Christie's shoulders because he was- Well, if you have- and these are employees people that, he, that are, are under your direct people, control. These are people that he appointed. Right. If you have people that are working for you, 
you are ultimately the one who's responsible for the decisions that they make. Sure. I, look, I take responsibility every day for the dumb shit that agents that, that have worked for me have said. However, I'm going to make it very clear that this is dumb shit that they said that I didn't say, and I told them not to say it. I can only do so much. The people that work for me, you can take, you, you can blame it on me. All right. the time so shoulders, but the question, and I actually don't know the answer to this one, but the question that's important to answer here is did Chris Christie know that his staffers were making these phone calls to shut down the lanes? And if he did know and didn't immediately stop it, then he's responsible. Well, that's a January 6th argument as well, right? Like, did Donald Trump know? No, we, yeah, no. I, 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 no, Donald Trump knew what was happening. Actually. No, he absolutely did. Yeah. The Chris Christie thing is, Did you watch the congressional hearings where they talked about January 6th and about how Donald Trump was completely aware of what he was doing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but the Chris Christie thing is a little bit different. I think Chris Christie, and, and, and look, I never, especially at the time, I was not right wing. I was not Republican. I was way super liberal. And, and everybody in New York State hated the governor of the Republican state of New Jersey, Chris Christie. Um, but I just remember thinking at the time, and again, this is like the ability to think using your own. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Critical thinking. Like, did the governor of the city shut down this traffic and kill somebody in an ambulance? Well, or no, he like did somebody do not, it I don't anymore? think anyone's saying that he should be guilty for murder because somebody died in the ambulance. Well, but that's that's, a, that's, that's an extreme position that I, no reasonable person would make. But saying if you had staffers that were making these calls to do vindictive political like political stunts that that caused harm to real people. Even like even if nobody died, like it still caused harm to people by having to sit through traffic unnecessarily, yeah. and it was all bullshit. Yeah. And so, if you have staffers that are doing this, then one of two things is true: either you knew that the staffers were doing this and you didn't stop it—that's bad—or you are unaware of what your staff is up to, and that shows that you're not paying attention to what you are, what your employees are doing, and that's also bad. Not as bad as the first one, but it's either you're a bad leader because you're doing bad things, or you're a bad leader because you have no idea what the people who are working for you are doing. Well, either I, one of those is bad. It but reflects poorly upon you as a as a political leader. Here's what I think happened. I don't know for certain. I don't think it was his staffers that that, that made these calls. What well, I think you know what? Was, we need to do some more research on this oh, one. I don't want to talk okay. about it anymore until we have the facts. All right, but what what I, I just want to tell you is that I think it was the mayor of Fort Lee. It was a mayor in New Jersey that did it uh, in the town that is adjacent to the bridge. Um, I want to talk real quick. Just I want to get back to the wildfires in California, the forest fires in California. And California. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I want to get back to the wildfires in the forest. Oh, also, real quick, we, we need to hit um, Sasha. Was, like I, When I said name some liberal policies that are too liberal and Sasha says some of the trans stuff is pushing some people away from the Dems and Libs. And I would partially agree with that, but I think that it is mostly a right-wing mischaracterization of policies, that they're, they're misrepresenting what the policy positions are to make them seem more ridiculous than they are. Although that's not universally true, there are some policies that just don't make a lot of sense. That's how extreme things get. So look... Um... 
the Canadian wildfires, the Canadian forest fires, where we have this smoke and smide that's engulfing New York City and uh, upstate New York, and my understanding is other places on the East Coast, um, which is crazy. But the conversation that we have right now about these wildfires in Canada, you know what they're about? You know what we're talking about in the news? We're talking about the air quality index in New York City. We're talking about the air quality index in New York State. Do you know what happens in California when we have a wildfire? We talk about global warming and we talk about the safety of the California residents. Um, they talk about air quality index quite a bit in California as well. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they do in California. The, the point that I'm making is that we're not talking about global warming, nor are we talking about the safety of the Canadian people. We're talking about ourselves. Well, I mean, that's more a reflection in New York. That's my point, is is that we have fires in California, and we talk about California, and we talk about uh, air quality in California, and we talk about global warming. We have we have fires in Canada. We talk about New York. We talk about air quality in New York. Well, I'm sure you've met warming. plenty of people while in New York who don't think that there's much of a world outside of the city. Uh, I'm aware. I don't think there's much of a world that's <laughs> outside the city, um, which is wild. But just so much happens to us in a single day in New York City. Um, that a single day for me, I feel like many times, especially in business, I do more in a day than most people do in a month. Um, so I, I, I fully understand that that uh, perspective. Um, well, so you asked yeah. you asked a question to me that you didn't let me fully answer. Right. So Which on is, that note, let's wrap the. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. In in regards to the the like the 24 Republican nominee, you asked mm -hmm. me what do I want to see happen. Mm -hmm. So I already talked about how the best thing to happen for this country is for Trump to be in jail so that he can't be part of politics anymore. Okay. DeSantis, I want to see flame out for his utter lack of charisma and his completely hateful policies in, in Florida. And that process has already started. Um, and then you're going to be left with Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Pence, and Chris Christie. Mm -hmm. And I think Pence is already kind of done because so much of the conservative voting bloc just doesn't like him because they feel like he sold Trump out, which isn't true, but that's how they feel. So we can ignore Pence. And so then you're kind of left with Haley, Scott, and Chris Christie. Um, Chris Christie has kind of made it his mission to just be an anti-Trump candidate. And so he's a well, one Chris, Christie, Christie, who was pro-Trump. Now he's anti-Trump. Now he's anti-Trump. So the thing I is, when you take somebody who, who goes from one end to the other end, uh, that's somebody I'm a little bit worried about. I, I Chris Christie is, is going to be, like, on, on the debate stage, he's going to be a sniper bullet to just take out one other candidate, but he also takes out himself. He's, he's a kamikaze fighter. He did that last time with Rubio, where he dismantled Rubio, and that was the end of Rubio's campaign, but Chris Christie didn't really gain much from it. He just took him down. Uh, I think you're going to be left with Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, and it'll be interesting to see what happens there because, like, I don't really like Tim Scott's policies, but compared to everybody except Nikki Haley, he's the least reprehensible. And Nikki Haley, as governor of South Carolina, she, she wasn't awful. Um, she wasn't great, but 
like she she didn't really go out of her way to make things difficult for the left just because she as far as the left is concerned you you either have a a female presidential contender on the republican side or a black male presidential contender on the republican side and what did i just tell you you have a lot of minorities uh shifting from liberal to republican this could be good for the republican party i don't honestly if i'm a gop strategist if if i'm if, if i'm like the chairman of the rnc I'm pushing for Haley and Scott. Uh, well, look, I, I don't know anything about their politics. So, I mean, I can, I can tell you the optics of it, one person being black and one person being a female, and how that could play well with the other side who happens to like black people and female people as their presidential candidates, right? Right, yeah. Like Obama, the, and then you had, and then you had That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if I'm running the RNC, the optics of having Haley and Scott as your, as your two candidates, like, as your final two to pick from, the optics are good. But on the note of what they represent and their politics, I can't speak to that. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure <coughs> Tim look, Scott is pretty staunchly anti-abortion, so that's as, a problem. As, as far as I'm concerned, I don't give a shit your gender or your, or your race. It, 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 honestly, in where I live and where I come from, it, it's not it's – not, we're talking about it now because it's a factor for a lot of Americans – but where I come from, it wouldn't even be something that I would think about. My first thing is, it, you know, and I've never voted Republican, actually. Uh, but if I was going to assess somebody to vote for, I would be concerned with their politics, not with their gender, their sexual orientation, or their skin color. That just seems really silly to me. And well, I, let me let me tell you something. It's not that you, if, if you're a black person, I would think you need to have a black president thingy they would look out for you. Because I'll, I'll tell you one thing. As a white person, I don't think, you know what, I need to have a white president because he, this guy's going to look out for white people. Yeah, but here's the difference. It, like, the thing is, having grown up white, you don't have to have, you don't need someone looking out for you as a white person because society already is structured in a way that it looks out for white people by default. Fine, That's just fine, how fine, things work. Fine, fine argument, but but look, I'm going to tell you something that a woman president is not going to say, you know what, we need to we need to eliminate the cabinet and, and replace them with all women, right? Like that's not, that's, you know, and I wouldn't expect somebody to do that. If she, if no, she you wouldn't see that. We are out of time, my friend. So we're going to have to take this, move on to the next episode in a later date. Sorry to put the kibosh on that. Well, we'll see. I got to do some research on Tim Scott and Nikki Haley's platforms. So do I. On that note, uh, we will uh, bid you adieu and uh, see you uh, next, next week. week. Sounds good, brother. Letters. All right, that concludes this episode. Thank you for making it this deep into that wild conversation. Uh, if you have not already, please subscribe and I look forward to seeing you next time. Adios. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.